Welcome to Evan Makovsky's Business Podcast. I am your host, Evan Makovsky, and we have an interesting guest today. It's my pleasure to welcome Libby Dickerson. She is an anger management coach for high power coaching. Libby, thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Evan. It's great to be here. Thank you. Let's start. You coach anger management and managing it. Why don't you tell us some common misconceptions about anger? One of the biggest misconceptions about anger is that anger is the enemy. And I know that we don't say that we believe that. I think everyone would say it's okay to be angry, right? But I really do think that we be- sometimes we tend to believe deep down that anger is the enemy and we need to kind of like defeat it, if that makes sense. And that's really not the case. It's really that, in my opinion, anger is your advocate. And it's really about getting to know it better and working with anger instead of against it, if that makes sense. Following up on that, when you say anger is the enemy and that's not a good stance or disposition to have, Mm -hmm. and maybe you want to correct me, I think what you're saying is anger is a normal emotion while it may be not an enjoyable emotion we all share in it at times and maybe not condemning ourselves for being angry is that accurate yes absolutely that's accurate because yeah you said it right it's a normal part of the human experience right and then taking that a little bit further is just recognizing like when anger comes on the scene into your life really it's got to be there for a reason so figuring out the reason, like I said, working with it and not against it. I always say that anger wants something for you, not from you. And that is the same idea. Why is it here? And how do I need to respond? Instead of just, I can't do this. I can't have it in my life. You're an anger management coach. How is that different from a therapist? Well, the way I look at that is both are equally important. I have had referrals from therapists and vice versa. But, you know, a therapist, I compare more to a doctor. They're treating a problem. They're treating a mental health issue. I'm not doing that. I think that a coach is showing up with you to accomplish your goals. So your goal being to manage this issue that you're having with anger. So from a coaching standpoint, to me, it's not really that there's something wrong, we got to fix it. It's more find the external solution to fix it. It's more to me that you have the resources inside to tap into. Do you find that you work more with men or women around anger and off that answer? Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a great question. I do work more with men. I would say probably almost 80-20 percentage-wise. So it's very heavily, my work ended up being very heavily weighted to working with men. You tell me what you think. I do think that women tend to have more emotional support than men. And then we still have a long way to go in our society with healthy masculinity. And realizing that masculinity has to encompass the whole range of emotions It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. I just think that men don't tend to have the emotional support that women tend to have. And that is a generalization for sure. What do you think, Evan? Tell me you're the man in the picture. What do you think? I think that maybe an 
2022. So I, I don't think this necessarily, but maybe in earlier times, whatever that may mean, it's yeah. more appropriate for a man, not that it's ever considered quote unquote appropriate, but for a man to display anger, it it's, it's more okay. You're going to see even fist fights more often between men than women. You'll see in sporting events, which is still more male dominated, you'll see, you know, bench clearing mm -hmm. brawls in baseball, or you, you'll get an occasional fight in basketball. Of course, there's hockey as well. So maybe mm -hmm. I don't know to say that anger doesn't go through the veins of women like it does men, but maybe mm -hmm. publicly identifying yourself as angry public displays of anger is more okay for men. And that could be completely wrong. I think, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And it's funny you said like, okay, it's 2022 and this is right. We've come so far in many areas, but the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Like so many of our patterns come from our family and our parents, which came from their parents. And we tend to just continue the patterns. But I, I want to touch on what you said about expressing anger for men. I agree with that. And I think that sometimes we make the mistake of combining anger and power, right? Or combining anger and, and control. When, if you struggle with unhealthy anger, you recognize it's out of control and you're not actually exerting any kind of power that's effective. I don't think women tend as much to combine anger and power and men may tend more to do that. Of course, we're on shaky ground here because we're generalizing with the sexes. I get that, but it shows up. It shows up in my work. So what is one thing, Libby, you would tell someone who struggles? And this is probably a lot of people out there with unhealthy anger right now or anger that's having a damaging effect on their life present moment. What would you say to them? The first thing I would say is to listen learning to listen to your anger is so key. I've seen it have great effects for people. Like, again, what if you welcome anger in, okay, for a minute and you listen to what it has to say, right? You're going to have to use your imagination to do that, but listening to it, respecting it, honoring it as like, again, I said this before, but it's here for a reason, can be actually very powerful. And that's as opposed to stuffing it down or trying to kind of white knuckle it through. If you recognize that it's a problem, I think it's time to listen. Like anger has a message for you. I truly believe that. So what is the message? A lot of times I see a theme in someone's anger. For example, betrayal. Someone that just says they've been betrayed over and over and over again. And there's a theme, right? They keep getting angry about the same thing in their life. Well, there's a reason for that. And it's sort of about listening in and figuring out what, what anger is trying to tell you, if that makes sense. So that would be my biggest thing is just to listen, give it some space and respect that it deserves instead of fighting it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what is it trying to tell you? How do I know if I give it some space, I calm down, I'm mad about this that happened today at work. How do I know what it's telling me? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
it's individualized for every person. It so much depends on the situation. However, I do think that anything that triggers you, okay, we use that word very loosely in our society now. So I'm going to use it in the loose way. Anything that triggers you is probably indicating a value. It's touching on a value that you hold dear. Okay. So I've worked with people who are very triggered by feeling abandoned, feeling like people are not supporting them. Okay, so let's look at that value. The value is support. You feel that support is very important in your life. This is a value. And I do think once you recognize the value you have, you can act on that. You can take go from, I always say, from anger to action. Also, once you recognize whatever's triggering you, whatever the problem is, you can often see a need that you have is going unmet. It's really about turning it around to find out what are you needing? What is the value you hold dear? And then how can you act on those things? How can you then go about getting your own needs met? How do you think your work with anger is relevant to business owners? I think that there's something called the emotional advantage in business. See if you agree with me. I really think that in business, we need any advantage we can get, right? In terms of just providing the best service to our customers, just going above and beyond. And how are we going to rise above the pack in a way? And I think the emotional advantage in business comes from emotional intelligence. It comes from being able to, like I said, like if we're doing the inner work and dealing with our own needs and able to get those met, then that just frees up a lot of space to make good decisions, to respond to all the external stimuli that's coming at us all day as business owners. The emotional advantage is about emotional intelligence, which leads to emotional freedom and frees up all that space so that you can respond to just like it's so challenging to be in business. I don't know if it's any more so than it ever was, but it's so challenging. So we need all the space and the calm and the peace we can get to make good decisions and to deal with people, right? People are so human. <laughs> and so, so many things as business owners come up that just show our humanness. And yeah, so that piece of just self-awareness goes with emotional intelligence, but emotional intelligence I know is just a highly undervalued skill. Like it's so critical. Libby, why don't you tell everybody how you found your way into this line of work? That was by accident, honestly. So I was working in marketing, more so in marketing and got involved with the domestic violence, sexual assault agency. So kind of in the social services realm of things and ended up a very small agency. And I ended up being tasked with working with domestic violence offenders. It was a cause, you know, that domestic violence setting was a cause that was very near and dear to my heart, but I did not expect to be working with offenders. So that kind of got thrown at me and I really loved and enjoyed it. I've found an affinity. I have dealt myself with anger my whole life. I've told you that. And I felt an affinity that surprised me and um, it was just so rewarding. So I took it further and found the trainings that I needed. One last question for me on the domestic violence offenders. Yeah. After working with them, and I'm sure everyone is, is different, but 
Mm-hmm. What kind of level of remorse, admitting that they did these, I would assume you're referring to some physical acts. Yeah. Is it all over the map? Is it, or is there, is there kind of a sociopathic type? No, no, no. Well, so, so there is, yeah. there is. Go yes. Ahead. And no. <laughs> all right. So I, I, I'm just asking kind of, and I'm sure it's different, but there's no, mm-hmm. you know, one person doesn't define every domestic violence offender. I'm sure that they react mm-hmm. differently to having crossed that line. And I would just though think it's an interesting yeah. headspace to catch somebody in. The difference there versus what I do now is that would be someone who was forced to come to me, right? They were in legal trouble and had to complete anger management training. So they didn't necessarily want to be there. But as to your point about sociopathic or whatever tendencies, it's across the board. You will find, I think, that you can have a person that finds themselves in that situation who's just like you and me and just lost control it's a spectrum all the way to, yes, I'm sure there are very sociopathic offenders who have no remorse. So the difference was them being forced to come. And I think you asked about the taking responsibility piece, right? Some, I think that is the biggest challenge because in that scenario, and really in, in any anger um, outburst, in any kind of anger conflict between people, One of the things is there's just a sense of justice and like the other person did this. It wasn't all me. And that is so true. And then the person I'm dealing with has been the one to face legal consequences. And so what I said from training that I had is that I'm not asking you to take responsibility for the situation. I'm only taking I'm only asking you to take responsibility for your part in the situation not the other person's part, just your part. And that that can help to just turn the lens back because there's just the blame game and there's the denial that people like, we don't want to really face the consequences sometimes for our actions. So I found that very helpful. Just taking responsibility for your own part in this is all I want you to do. That's not 100% of it. That's just your part of it. Does that make sense? It does. Libby Dickerson, why don't you uh, high power coaching anger management coach. Thank you so much. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you online and take advantage of your services? Because I would assume that more people than would admit are angry. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. So reach me. You can just shoot me an email at Libby at highpowercoaching.com. And that's high with three eyes. Libby at highpowercoaching.com. And just send me an email, um, touch base, and I will, I'd be happy to, to talk. And I really appreciate it, Evan. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's good to have you on the podcast. That's going to wrap things up. I want to thank Libby Dickerson, anger management coach at High Power Coaching. Get in touch with her. She will help. She'll help cool your jets, at least temporarily, if not for good. So that's going to wrap things up. Again, I'm Evan Makovsky, and we will see you on the next episode.